Um, hey, it's really good to be with you on the eve of a three-day weekend. Uh, so good to be together. And I'm glad so many of you have stuck around. Um, really quick, uh, so many of you have stuck around. I don't think we have enough handouts for my talk. And so I'm going to invite the greeters here as I get kicked off. If they wouldn't mind just helping reshuffle. If there are um, handouts on seats, if you guys would just pass those to the aisles. We'll see if we can redistribute. Maybe stick your hand up if you don't have one. But um, in the midst of the chaos, I'd love to tell you... Um, we are in a series, a four-week series, this is the third of four weeks in a series called Everyday Discipleship. And we know that Jesus calls us to follow him, to be his disciples, and that the gospel changes us from the inside out. We know that sometimes following Jesus means that there are big decisions that we need to make to follow Christ. But at the same time, becoming a follower of Jesus means that there are everyday small decisions that we have to make to follow him. And that's why we're calling this everyday discipleship. So over these four weeks, if you've been here, uh, two weeks ago we talked about gossip and how we relate to one another. Last week, Jeffrey helped us think about how we, how we, uh, how we engage with our phone and how we relate to it in healthy and unhealthy ways. Um, next week, you've heard we're talking about dating and uh, romantic relationships, or if you look in the app, I think it says situationships, uh, whatever those might be. Um, but tonight, tonight we're talking about something really, really practical called time management. Um, and the reality is... Uh, Here's why we're talking about this. Uh, hopefully everybody's got a handout. I'll see if I can get your attention here. Um, but there was a recent article. A recent article reported a growing crisis among college students. Let's see if this sounds familiar. Because the article described the way college students feel exhausted, depressed, anxious, and overwhelmed. And, uh, quote, a world where they can't unplug, can't relax, and believe they must stay at the top of their class no matter what, unquote. More than ever before, a common theme of college students is this, the article went on to say. The theme is, I'm exhausted. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Just a show of hands. Anybody feel exhausted? Well, here's why this matters. Here's why it matters. Um, I don't think God's desire is for us to live constantly exhausted. To work hard, yes. To be good stewards uh, of being a college student, absolutely. But the desire is not that we would constantly be living beyond our means. Okay? And so what we're looking at tonight um, uh, is really just the question of how do we live according to our highest priorities and values? This might end up striking you as a really strange 180 talk because it's going to be incredibly practical, a little bit more like a workshop. But let's just look at a couple of passages of Scripture together. Um, psalm 90, verse 10. You don't have to flip there. I'm just going to read it to you. Here's what the psalmist says. He says, Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And really the psalmist is talking about considering the number of days we might have so that we will live wisely in this world. Teach us to number our days aright that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Here's the other one, Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. Paul says this, and this is, this is so fascinating to me. He says, be careful how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time for the days are evil. Now, here's the thing. Paul doesn't mean that the day is actually a bad thing. God created, right? He said that the day is good. Um, the days aren't evil. What he means is that time is short, and it's running out. And how much time you have 
Uh, you ever feel like time is your enemy? You just can't get enough of it and it keeps whacking you because you can't get done the things that you want to get done? We could spend a lot of time looking in the Proverbs about how to live wisely in light of the time that we have. But what we're going to do tonight, it might strike you as strange, but this is really about discipleship. It's about stewarding your life to follow Jesus and live out of your deepest convictions every day, every week, and every year. And doing it in a way that's healthy and fruitful and joyful. And that's the fun part. I'm convinced that as long as you're overwhelmed exhausted, feeling like you're drowning under the weight of a million responsibilities, as long as you feel that way, two things are going to be true of you. And I know it because I see it in my own life. And the first is that you're going to struggle to prioritize Christ and his kingdom in your life, right? When you get busy, when you're absolutely overwhelmed, when you're exhausted, what often goes on the back burner, right? And the second thing is, is you're going to struggle to live out the things that God has called you to do if you're constantly overwhelmed and exhausted and stressed out beyond your ability. So what I want to do tonight is introduce you to some tools and concepts that have deeply, deeply affected my life. Our staff have seen these before. Uh, Staff men that I've coached before have seen these. I've used these in discipleship many times with students because they've so changed the way I live my life, the way I think about my days and weeks. And that might mean we come to the end of the night and you're like, Chad, you're an alien, and that might work for you, but that is so strange. But I'm convinced that even what I share tonight, you could adapt it to be helpful for you, okay? Um, So this is going to be extremely practical. It's about helping us number our days are right because the days are evil. And in the end, it's about living according to our highest priorities and values and honoring Christ in all that we do. But these will only be helpful to you, and I want to make this really clear on the front end. They'll only be helpful to you if these things become a habit in your life. It's not one and done. Habits are powerful, and if you form a habit, the skill of stewarding your days well, it'll change you for the rest of your life. And think about it for a moment. Imagine it's your 80th birthday, right? You're, you look like uh, Dylan did over here going up the, up the chairlift, okay? But imagine it's your 80th birthday, and you're looking back on your life, and you've lived your life according to your highest priorities and your highest values, you're going to look back and say, wow, I've invested my short 80 years here on this earth well. Isn't that the hope that you'd come to the end of your life and you'd look back and you'd say, I spent my time well doing the things that were most important to me. So here's what I want you to imagine, kind of just diving in here. Here's what I want you to imagine. Imagine two different kinds of people, maybe even two different kinds of students, okay? Um, one over here who wakes up in the morning and just begins, you know, looks at, looks at his or her phone and just begins reacting to the day, right? What do I need to do today? Okay, what's the first thing I need to do? Okay, what do I do with all these notifications? Um, what am I supposed to have done for my first class? Uh, what am I supposed to have done for my second class? Um, what's the thing that I have going on tonight? And just begins reacting. Imagine, some of you are like, stop describing my mornings. Um, hopefully, not mo- hopefully not most of you, but some of you, I'm sure. Um, Imagine the feelings that come with that experience. And if we had time, I'd just have you shout them out, but I'll do it for you. Stress, anxiety, have I forgotten something, worry, starting your day off like you're already behind and the rest of the day is just spent trying to catch up and get your bearings, right? This is a picture of kind of reacting to start my day. But imagine 
Imagine someone who begins each week with a plan for the week. That sounds refreshing. A plan to meet all of her, his goals for the week, makes a plan and then wakes up in the morning and just begins to execute the plan that was, that was, that was laid out and begins to kind of go through the day doing the things that were planned out the night before or the weekend before. How might that person feel as they go through their day? Probably feel like things are going according to plan, hopefully. Uh, won't be as anxious or stressed out. There's a level of calm, sort of just doing what I know I need to do for the day. Imagine how they'd feel at the end of the day, looking back and saying, okay, I've, I came through the day, I did the things that I, I planned to do. Imagine how they'd feel at the end of the week. Well, that was a good week. Now I can go into the weekend and rest because I've got these things done and I made a plan and I, and I executed and so, um, what I want to do is introduce you to two tools that will help you be this person and less so this person. And the reality is our plans get frustrated sometimes. Not everything always goes according to plan. But here's the foundational habit of what I want to talk with you about. It is this idea of weekly planning. You're like, oh my goodness, this doesn't sound like a 180 talk. Chad, where's your biblical text? I, I don't have one right now, okay? But this is practical just follow me for a minute. Why weekly planning? You can't plan a whole month out in advance, right? I can't plan every minute of my day in 30, to, in 30 days from now. And God only knows where I'll be or what I'll be doing in 30 days. Why, why not just daily planning? Well, because that takes too much time and it doesn't allow you to get ahead. But here's the proposal is weekly planning that allows you to be proactive and to have a plan and make sure you're living according to your highest priorities and values. So here's what I want you to do. Think for just a second. When in your week do you find yourself thinking about the week ahead? You don't have to tell me, but just think about it for a second. What's the day or the time of the week when you find yourself thinking about the week ahead? If you're like me, it's probably on Sunday night. <laughs> Sunday night comes around and I'm like, okay, Monday's coming. The week is ahead. And so I do my weekly planning on Sundays. 30 minutes I just sit down, and what you need to do weekly planning are two things. You need your calendar, and then you need something like that bright green sheet that you have in front of you, okay? Now, take a look at that for a second. This is wildly vulnerable for me, okay? Because this is an, adap an adaption of what I use for weekly planning. But let me describe what you're looking at. One side has kind of my template filled in. The other side is completely blank for you to use. And this is the, the neon green one. Um, I think it is most helpful, and I lear I've learned this from others, but I think it's most helpful to sit down and think about the different roles that you have in your life, the kind of different hats that you put on. So first one, follower of Jesus Christ. I want to be a disciple of Jesus, top priority. My next one on there is I'm a husband. And, I, and then after that, if I were to keep going, I want to leave some space, but I'd say, okay, I'm a father. I'd go on and talk about how I'm a friend, uh, you know, and I'd include those in there and think about the different roles that you live in. And then what I have in that next column is really kind of a mission statement for each of those roles. And let me tell you, this isn't something you just copy-paste. I think thinking about what you want to be your mission in each of those roles takes some time and some reflection. It's not the kind of thing you just jot out really quickly. And then what I have in that third column are just things that help me each week think about what am I going to do in that particular role? Or what are some things I can do in that particular role to help me 
live out the mission for that role. Does that make sense? So you've got the role, you've got the mission statement, and then I've just got a collection of things that are helpful for me. You could put anything in there that was helpful for you. Questions that might help you plan, etc. Um, but a handout like that, and then what I would suggest is you look at that each, each week when you do your weekly planning, and you say, okay, what are two things I'm going to put in my calendar this week? Maybe three. You can't hit every role every week. You can't do something for every role. But what are two or three things I'm going to add to my calendar this week? to live according to my highest priorities and values. So that's a weekly planning sheet and what a weekly planning time could look like. Um, let me show you another tool. Um, one of the great ironies of tonight is that um, is my time is being managed very carefully by the 180 team and they're going to tell me when to stop. And so and I, it'll be a question of whether or not I manage my own time well. But um, the time management matrix, this is the, the kind of tan looking sheet. Take a look at that for a second. I love this. Um, our staff know that I talk about it ad nauseum. It's a little obnoxious to them because I think in my whole life fits into these categories. When my wife and I talk around the house, these are the categories that we talk in. Um, this is a question, how do you decide what goes in your calendar and what doesn't? How do, you decide what to say, how do you decide what to say yes to and what to say no to? And this is something you can also use in your weekly planning, but it's also something you can use every minute of the day to help you make the most of your days and weeks. So let me explain this spreadsheet, okay? Um, I've got a picture up here. Quadrant number one, right here, okay? Um, these are the things that are both urgent and important. And I've got some examples. I'm going to uh, borrow yours there, Matthew. I've got some examples in there. Uh, these are the crises, the pressing problems, sudden deadline-driven things. These are the things when your professor says, um, you're going to have an exam tomorrow. Why, right? But this suddenly became urgent and important. The quadrant number two are the things that are not urgent, but they're still really important. And I'll tell you right now, quadrant two is home. This is where you want to live. Quadrant three, these are things that are urgent, but not important. Um, these are interruptions. A lot of texts, emails, messages that might get your attention, but they're not really important. They're just urgent. Um, sometimes they're other people's priorities that may not be your priorities. Sometimes there are a lot, of, a lot of distractions and notifications on your phone fit into this category. It's urgent. You must deal with this now, but this is not important. And then lastly, you have the sort of sick and sorry quadrant four, the things that are neither urgent nor important. But the thing about those is um, quadrant four activities are important because if we plan them, we can enjoy good, meaningful rest in quadrant four. Um, these are things that are good. Um, it can be. Now, here's a pattern. Here's what I want you to notice, okay? Um, some of you like to live here in quadrant one. Things are important and they are urgent. How many of you feel like you spend a lot of time in this quadrant? Anybody? Okay. Here's the problem living here. Do you know what happens if you live here and then you come to Friday night and you've survived? you know what you do? Boom! You fall down here. Um, trivial matters, busy work. This is a Netflix binge. This is doom scrolling on Tim TikTok for an hour. Okay, this is this is this is this is stuff where you're like, I have no energy left. I just collapsed. But here's a question. Here's the question. How do you feel after you've spent a bunch of time collapsed here? Not real great. And and you know what? While you're spending time here, absolutely checked out, do you know what's happening? 
Things are piling up. Ah! Now I'm back up here. And now I'm back down here. Um, you're like, this is my life, Chad. This was like, this was my Thursday. Um, so here's the thing. Here, <laughs> I know. Um, here's what I want you to do right now. I don't have a lot of time left. Um, I'm going to have to wrap up here in just a minute. But here's what I want you to do. One side of that has this on it. The other side of it is blank. And I want you to think for a couple minutes about how this could be helpful to you. Now listen to this. Four ways that the time management matrix could be helpful for you. One, proactive. It can help you make decisions about how you should spend your time, right? You decide, okay, what I should do and what I shouldn't do. Because things might be urgent, but they're not important. They might, be, they might neither be urgent nor important, and you say, I should not be doing this right now. So proactive planning is one way. Another way is retrospective evaluation. It helps you identify ways that you're potentially wasting time. Right? If we're going to learn to number our days or right, that means not wasting time uh, on pointless things. Another way it helps you is it helps increase your capacity or your margin to say yes to the right things. Because guess what? When you're not constantly panicking here and then burning out and crashing down here, if you are able to live here in the not urgent but working on things that are important and valuable to you, um, this allows you to maintain vision, balance, perspective, discipline, control, and it helps avoid crises. And it allows when an opportunity comes around, you can say, yes, I can say yes to that because you're not, you know, running around with your hair on fire over here. So, um, and then lastly, it helps you live according to your highest goals and values and priorities rather than living for whatever grabs your attention in the moment, right? Remember that person reacting who just wakes up and, oh, oh no, okay, it's just the immediacy of the, of the moment is what calls for control. So here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you two minutes, 120 seconds is all I've got. And I want you to fill in the blanks of how you spent your time this last week. See if you can put some things in each of those quadrants, all right? Two minutes, just quietly on your own, and then I'll wrap us up. All right, so that's an example of using it retrospectively, looking back and evaluating your week. But imagine sitting down with that and the other, and the other resource there on your table on a Sunday and planning your week out in advance and thinking through those categories. What... I'd invite you to imagine what it would look like to use those two tools, weekly planning in the time management matrix as a part of your regular routine, putting it on your calendar on Sunday or whenever you think about your next week. Maybe it's on Friday uh, to think about the next week and actually do some of that planning. But here's what I want you to be convinced of. This is really about following Jesus. It's actually about everyday discipleship. Um, the people who got this really right, just to conclude here, the people who got this really right were the, were the 16th and 17th and 18th century Puritans. Um, some of you will be familiar with Jonathan Edwards, um, probably the most famous of the, of the American Puritans, uh, who over the course of his lifetime wrote 70 resolutions, 70 commitments that he made. And now I'm going to read all of, no, I'm just kidding, I'm not going to read all of them. Um, but uh, I want to give three of them. Resolution number five, he wrote, I'm resolved never to lose one moment of time, but improve it the most profitable way I possibly, possibly can. Resolution number seven, he said, I resolved never to do anything which I should be afraid to do if it were the last hour of my life. Always thinking in light of the end.
And then number 17, resolve that I will live so as I shall wish I had done when I come to die. In other words, on that 80th birthday and you look back on your life, you want to have, you want to have made decisions to have used your time well to follow Jesus and to live according to your most important values and priorities. And that's how we number our days aright. So you have a day off tomorrow. And I'm sure none of your professors have given you any work. So, but all, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, here's what I want to invite you to do. Grab your phone and take a picture of this, please. I would invite you. Because I would invite you sometime over the three-day weekend to do this. To put 30 minutes of weekly planning in your calendar and then just set a reminder for yourself to do it if you need to. To schedule it every week and to make it a habit. Um, then every week, look at your roles and put two to three things in your calendar that will help you move towards some of your goals. Now remember, you can't put two or three things for every role in your life in your calendar that week. You'll never get it all done. Two or three things total based on your roles and the mission that you have to live out of those roles. And then lastly, pray and ask God to help you redeem your time because life is short. And that's what I want to pray for us now, that the Lord would help us redeem our time. Father, we are mindful that our days on this earth are few. We're very aware that you have called us to invest them well. And Jesus, as your followers, we long to follow you faithfully, to make the most of our days, knowing that they are evil, that they are passing us by. And Lord, I pray for my friends here that they would live according to their deepest priorities and values, that they'd come to the end of their days and be able to look back with gratitude and satisfaction for how they spent their time and their energy, and to look back without regrets, Lord. Help us all to grow in this area that we may honor you more with each minute and each hour of our day. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks to our listeners for tuning into this episode of the 180 Podcast, a production of Crew in Southeast Ohio. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like, a share, or leave an encouraging comment, and that will go a long way toward helping others hear about the podcast. The podcast isn't the only thing that we do. Whether you're a student living on campus or if you're still at home studying virtually, we'd encourage you to check us out on social media to hear more about what's going on. You can follow us on Instagram at crew at OU, or to learn more about who we are and what we do, head over to our website, crew at OU.org. We'd encourage you if you visit the site to complete our involvement form to get more connected to all the things that are happening. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next Thursday for another episode of the 180